In this episode of What the Prophets Say with me, Emma Stark and Sam Robinson, we talk about moral failure, weak moments, and the biblical key verse at stabilizing your life so you don't fall in to lots of pain and loss. Join us in this episode of What the Prophets Say. Well, hello, our loyal listeners, once again, and welcome to another episode of What the Prophets Say with me, Emma Stark, and the glory that is Mr. Prophet, Sam Robertson. Good morning, Sam. Good morning, Emma. It is morning for us. It is morning. But some of you might be listening to this in the evening or in your bed or in your pajamas, but you're you're equally welcome. Yeah, you're equally you welcome. You don't have to only listen to us in the morning. Yeah, you can listen to us anytime. <laughs> Any time of the day. So, Sam, we've been in this studio for a few days and every single day you've worn green. I didn't realise you owned so many so green, green clothes. I, neither did I until I had to rummage this morning through everything to find another Did green item. Did you just item. know that you had I just to wear- felt like this week I had to wear green. There's just some things day. I had to decree and I had to remind myself to decree. The funny thing is, I don't often wear this top and it's green. It's green. You're wearing green. Yeah, I don't often see you in green. Am I in sympathy with you? You are. That's I what it is. I'm like, <laughs> this is new. This is new. New life. It is new life. Decrees. New life. Good. Good. We've got our coffee in our hand. Our vitamin C, as ever, you now should be listen, uh, used to listening to us set up our uh, desk and what we put on it. There's always an electrolyte or two dissolved in some form of water. Yeah. There's always some caffeine somewhere. And a million notebooks. A million notebooks. And, and we pray uh, for double portion of the Holy Spirit yes. as well on both of our lives as we journey forward together. More of you, Jesus, always. Absolutely. That's the cry of our hearts. Well, we've had some shakings <laughs> in the church in recent, I, or I would say years, Sam, yeah. but very recently, in recent weeks and months, some evident rattled conversations about suspected, alleged moral failure, sin, sin. yeah, let's, yeah, moral failure, sin, getting it wrong. And we wanted just to talk about how you as individuals, not just as leadership, but how we all guard ourselves because weak moments happen to us all. Mm -hmm. Weak moments happen to us all. And therefore we will all have some sort of oh, heavy sigh, heart sink moment of regret. Every single one of us will have a wrestle or a besetting sin area. Otherwise it wouldn't be a besetting sin. Mm -hmm. We are all aiming upwardly to ascend the hill of the Lord with clean hands and a pure heart most of our lives. But we don't always get there. And so we read these beautiful scriptures of a bruised reed, he will not break. Mm. And this sense of this weakened, hurt person that God does not deal with in this slamming, ugly way but a bruised reed, he will wow. not break in Psalm 103. For God knows our frame and the sense of his understanding that we are but dust. And this sense of the Spirit of the Lord coming in in those moments to be a God of redemption and turnaround and restoration, a God of kindness. And I do think my mum always used to say to me, she's long with Jesus. 
Um, but back in the day, she would say to me, Emma, make sure you marry a kind man. Mm. Don't underestimate what kindness does. Yeah. And she's up, she was absolutely right. And I did marry a kind man. Mm-hmm. And I think that we think of that as weakness, but that kindness of God in our broken and in our hurt places is so necessary that I understand he's kind. Mm. And so that I come to my weaknesses and I come to my besetting sins and I come to those moments where I'm trying to be one who is pure and holy, who doesn't stumble, who doesn't have a litany of issues that I've got to keep cleaning up, that I'm walking from glory to glory. And part of, I think, the journey from glory to glory is not just, whoa, here's the weight of the glory. Mm-hmm but it is this increased place of uh, of purity and yeah. understanding that I'm not making messes uh, with my life every given moment. Yeah, that's really good. And I think, you know, this is a really rattling season we are in um, and we are seeing heroes or those that many will have esteemed uh, go through shaking exposure, whatever you want to call it. Um, and we must pause and take the opportunity to not just point the finger and criticize, but to reflect on our own lives and learn and develop yeah. in us maybe what they didn't develop in their own selves yes. and, and the rhythms and the habits. And I think this whole thing of brokenness is an interesting conversation. Yeah. And in the charismatic world, yeah. there's this sense that, you know, once you get healed of your stuff, that's mm-hmm. you sorted for mm-hmm. life. Mm-hmm. And what we're finding is, no, there has to be a lifestyle that recognizes we are weak, we are broken, and I continually revisit the intimacy portion. I continually revisit some of what we're going to discuss in this podcast. I build a life where I don't just think, well, I dealt with that then, done deal. I never have to think about it or consider it ever again. But we build the frameworks that support purity and holiness and kindness and goodness at every stage of our life. And I think... um, our, our, our reflection on the seasons, we could easily say, well, this is their problem. That was their problem. But really right now we want to yeah. say, what is my problem? What is my area of weakness and how can I develop around that? Yes. So there's one, for me, there's a number of top tips, uh, although that sounds very like I'm about to give you this kind of list. And if you work through this list, you will be A-OK. That's not really the approach that I want to give because I don't, it's a much deeper issue. It's issues of the heart. But I do want to look at particularly one verse that I think probably for me is the base or the key verse. And guys, if you love uh, biblical memorization, this would be one I would say you need to um, memorize. This is a verse you need to know off by heart. And this verse gives us the greatest for me instruction of how I'm supposed to steward myself to frame my life so that when my bad days come, I know how to cope or whenever I'm really sorely tempted and my weak moments happen, that I have got something in me of a pattern or a truth or an understanding or a lifestyle that will medicate biblically, a, a biblical principle that will stop me being a complete and utter car crash. And it is, you know what it is, Sam, because you and I have talked about this and um, you've heard me on this before. It's 1 Timothy 1 verse 5. And 
is actually bizarrely in a, in a scripture. Uh, uh, Paul is writing to Timothy and he's really going for it about false teachers. It's actually quite yeah. a straight. I actually think Paul is super direct and he's really um, going to land on some of the elitism behavior within the Jewish community who are excluding the Gentiles from the fullness of knowing Jesus by, he, I mean, he talks about your your endless, your endless traditions, you know, this uh, uh, genealogies is, is the term he uses, this um, false doctrines of wrongly enshrining genealogies. So he is going in quite a determined way. But at the beginning of the chapter for the verse that we're looking at, he is talking about the goal of love. Yeah. Um, the goal of this command is love. And now watch this. If I say to you, Sam, let's talk about love. I would instinctively expect you to go where in scripture? Well, there's multiple verses, but... Corinthians. Corinthians, love is patient, love, love is, is kind. kind. What love is. What love is. Yeah, love yeah, does not envy, love does not boast. Yeah, no no eyes of it. Yeah. Yeah, the, the Corinthian scripture, the one we read at weddings. weddings yes. The one we read at weddings. Love is, love is, love is, is. what love is. Patient, pure, kind, good, you know, all of those things. And so we would, we would try to define love as its fruit. Yeah, what it produces. What it produces. This scripture is the stage before. Yeah. And it's talking about the goal of love, which comes from, in other words, we're not on the tree of love. Yeah. We're in the soil. Yeah. We're in the seed bed. The recipe. We're in the, I love that. We're in the recipe of how you live well. Yeah. And how you live in love. Absolutely. And how you live healthy mm. and how you live robust and how you live in this wholesome way. How does love grow? Not from, oh, I just felt or, or I was yeah. born this way or anything like that. And so 1 Timothy 1 verse 5, the goal of this command is love, which comes from, mm. and then it gives us three things that must be in the absolute foundations of your life to grow wholeness and love. Number one, a pure heart. Two, a good conscience. And three, a sincere faith. Now, those lists of three are the foundational places for your wholeness. Stay with me because I'm going to unpack that. So a pure heart, a good conscience and a sincere faith. Mm. And I want to land in the word, a good conscience. Mm -hmm. And this good conscience produces wholeness, Mm -hmm. life, the ability to love, feel love, be loved, give love. In other words, what the word of God is saying here is, in your weak moments, friends, in your stress, in your sin, in your stumbles, in your pain, in your heartache, in your ugliness, when you have been done a bad turn and somebody has been horrendously awful to you, or when you have been in a weak moment and you had a David and Bathsheba moment, the Bible says here in 1 Timothy 1 verse 5, that how you will secure the ability to grow good things is from a good conscience, 
In other words, you must know what it is to unburden yourself of guilt. Yep. You must know what it is to unload your guilt. You must know what it is to clear or clean your conscience. This, I, I'm, I know I'm overstating it and going slowly through it, but I want you to understand how important this is. Now, James 5 puts it in the confession, sins to one another. That's a little bit more strident. Yeah. But it is this place that I must understand what it is to, to go within me and to create within me a way that I release or unburden my inner being of its pain it's guilt, it's shame, it's sin, it's offense, it's unforgiveness. Yeah. I must know what it is to walk into a good conscience. Yeah. Do you want to pick up the bat in there? Yeah, this is um, epic and deep. I think it yeah. is, it, this whole thing of unburdening or unloading your guilt, yes. it is in the realm of I sinned, but it's in the realm of um, where you haven't cut yourself some slack as well. Yeah. I think for the leader, and we can talk for the leader, there is the unburdening of your guilt when it comes to sin, but I think there is also the unloading of guilt when it comes to failure or things yes. that didn't go well. Yes. And if you don't unload your guilt even of I failed here or yes. I made a decision and it was wrong or yes. I was not my best or something yeah. turned out appallingly. That festers inside. Yes. Guilt festers. It, it, it is toxic and becomes septic. You know, it does and it eats away at your internal world um, when, it, when it sits there for too long. And so I think there is the unloading of your guilt of I, the safe space of, I, and we'll talk about this later, of um, you know, I sinned here. There was an evidence yes. sin and I need to unload this and I need to get yes. forgiveness. But I also think there is for the leader, the unloading of the, I just need to talk to you. I messed up here or I made a decision yes. or I think I failed in an area yeah. and it's eating my insides and I need to get it off yes. so that it doesn't fester anymore. So I want to say really clearly to us all, I do think that we there are these major stumbles where you're like, oh my goodness, this is serious stuff. This is reputational yeah. damaging stuff. Yeah. This is friendship destroying yeah. stuff. And I think way before you get to that level, this scripture applies this unloading of the guilt or this, this seedbed of a good conscience, as scripture puts it, is much more um, to be established in the shallow waters. Yeah. So that sense of like, Sam, I feel really wounded today. Yeah. I just need to unload. I need to unburden what that might do to my conscience yeah. or might do to my actions. Yeah. I feel really upset. I feel alone. I feel isolated. I feel misunderstood. Yeah. I feel unseen. I feel, you know, talked about. All those, all those things that if I don't have that place where I know what the process is to um, unburdening or yeah. unloading, um, not just my sin, but this sense, now I'm, I'm pulling the, the three things together mm. here, a pure heart and a good conscience and a sincere faith. So if I want 
to grow the stuff of the kingdom in me, I then have to go, I don't, I'm not so sure that my heart feels very pure right now because I think I feel quite lonely or I think I feel quite belittled or misunderstood. I think I feel gossiped about. I think I feel got at. I, 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 I feel something is off in me and I then know that if I don't get my heart pure, I've not maybe yet sinned, but I can feel the heart in me not as robust yeah. or clean. Uh, I feel not as pure because I'm I'm battling the sense of belittlement or rejection. And I, I'm aware if I don't do something with that, that's going to grow and grow and grow and grow and grow and grow and grow until I'm in a mm. cataclysmic moment of damaging and destructive behaviour that I'm in danger of losing some relationships by what I choose to do. Or I'm going to so retreat somewhere yeah. into the corner that I'm actually not, I'm going to take myself away from the relationships that actually are life-giving. And so this this remarkable verse kicks in of how do I steward my well-being and how do I deal with my weak moments? And how do I say I'm bruised, I'm bruised, I'm bruised? Well, here I come to this place where I look at the purity of my heart and I look at my conscience and I start to say, I need to unload. Mm. I think you'll learn this in the little things yes. that almost seem inconsequential that you need to learn to unburden or unload your guilt about. Almost yes. the little things like, really, do I need to process that? Do I really need to unburden myself about mm-hmm. this little thought that I've been having of insecurity that's yes. been niggling me or this offence that I have that actually seems really small? Because if you can't unburden yourself with the little things, with that which seems almost inconsequential, then when it really matters, you'll struggle when yes. it really 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 matters yes. uh, you will uh, you will find it hard to voice the unburdening of your guilt to those that you need to and I think this happens in, uh, in it, for leaders it happens for everybody this is a leadership conversation but in all of relationships um, it is that sense of I'm not doing so well today mm-hmm. um, and uh, so and so said this to me and actually I think it's landed more than it should yes. and I just need to unburden it and yes. it's the little it's the little things that you need to start building the habit I think this is a spiritual discipline here the unburdening of your guilt it's not just a moment it's a discipline of I am going to create my life with the habit of unloading helpfully uh, onto one or two safe people who can actually hear my heart and help me process where I'm Yes. And I think in this, we are quite stunned by perhaps the simplicity of this. Yeah. The confession of sin or the unloading of conscience or the unburdening of guilt or the journey that creates a pure heart. And you and I think, because we've been taught by denominational structures, um, which have their great blessings, but we nonetheless have been taught by denominational structures, which is much more about boundaries of law. Yeah. And so the sense of, well, don't, if you, if you, if you do this, you're bound to stumble and you're bound to fall and law, 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 behavior, behavior, behavior modification. Don't do this. Don't do this. Don't do this. Law, law, law. And you can feel that forced around us. And we understand why that comes because there is a sense, sometimes you just have to say, don't do that. So there's a validity to that. But it misunderstands the fact that I'm supposed to be in some sort of relationships where if you just tell me not to do something, that's not always going to hold. But if I have an understanding of my heart and its need to unload and unburden, 
and that this is this is done in, in this seat of relationships, that actually that is going yeah. to grow from my life wholeness and wellness. Mm. And actually my long-term stumbling then is going to be absolutely minimized. Absolutely. Then we would we would run to this faster yeah. than we have ever run to it before. But the point is this. Where on earth do you go to confess? Well, that's what I was going to ask. Where on earth do you go? Because we've got to become this because I'm not sure that it's instinctive in yeah. the culture. And probably some of us are screaming at this podcast going, but I would love this, but who is trustworthy and who is safe? And and where, where do I sit and say, I just feel rubbish right now, you know, and I feel, you know, rejected. So can I ask you, yeah. where do you go? I can tell, it, I know I've like literally put no, you on this spot. I did ask you before, for, but yeah. For me now, it is absolutely Bella. Yeah. Um, my fiance is soon to be wife by the time you're leading the, uh, uh, listening to this podcast. Mm -hmm. um, but for years, um, yeah. there, there was one friend in particular, but I would yeah. go to leaders. I would go to you and David. Yeah. Um, oh, you're. I have to say you're outstanding. Yeah, it? I would go to, to the two of you. Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, for years, even still, if I really felt like I need to, yeah. I would yes. absolutely pick up the mm -hmm. phone or come to the house. Yes. Um, but but you've it's hard I'll tell you why I think if you're a leader there yes. is this there's always a fear I think every leader has this little fear yes and that it's that in some way they could be used as currency or in some way their their inner world could be used right. and it's such an unfortunate thing but I think any of you guys who have been yeah. in any level of leadership you'll have had that worry, maybe fear isn't the, the word, but worry or concern or caution. Yeah. And, and it's why the people you choose yeah. is so important. I mean, Emma, I, I, you know, I know for you it'll be David, but in yes. your journey, what does that look like uh, kind of for leaders, for you as a leader as well, Ooh, and unburdening yeah, yourself yeah. Um, and, and your advice on that? Oh boy. I, I mean, I can't lie to you and say, Oh, this is glorious, and I, it's always been easy. Yeah. I, I have to say that um, it's a hard journey, and it's hard in two ways. It's hard because you have to choose this. You do. And I think as people who lead, but I don't want just to say this exclusively yeah. to leaders, but leaders are particularly adept at this. I think anybody who just is growing in, yeah. in, in years and maturing, you can rationalize things. Mm -hmm. I will deal with this because I don't have time is the most, you know, yeah. I will just have a wee chat with God or I will worship yeah. or pray in tongues. And I will pretend this is not affecting me yeah. as much as it is because I have got things to be getting on with. Mm-hmm. Or um, uh, it's just you know I've had a I've had a tough day and so it's okay for me to feel this right now yeah. and to sit in it for longer than I should, and really they were very mean and nasty and they didn't understand me so I will just rationalise that some of my yeah. brokenness inside is okay for me to sit Absolutely. with and keep, and then of course before long you're uh, you're, leaking. you're you're leaking and you're a victim. Yep. And I think in all of that. Um, my number one thing is it's hard to choose. But nonetheless, if the Bible says it, you have to keep choosing Absolutely. it. I am broken here. I'm hurting here. I'm struggling with this. Uh, this is irritating. This is irritating me. You know, even that kind of comment. So David clearly is number one, top of my list. My father lives with me. 
uh, the proximity yeah. of a man of great stature who watches my life very closely, who will subtly at the dinner table yes. point things out. Or <laughs> not, or yeah. not that he's mid-70s. Not so subtle. Not so subtly in his mid-70s. He doesn't care anymore. He's like, well, what about this? You know, yeah. so, um, <laughs> you know, Thanks, so I have, yes. I have that joy. But, to be, but to be fair, they're guys, yeah. you know, and sometimes you do need as women, uh, a female friend. I have found over the years that the more senior I've got and the more known I've got, the more it feels like people want to know things about you for currency to repeat it. Mm -hmm. That is very difficult. Mm -hmm. So what I have done is I have paid professionals. Yeah. <laughs> I'm not joking. I wish I was joking. But I've paid professionals who have a lifestyle of confidentiality who are signed up and are used to the journeys of confidentiality because that's really important in these journeys. So um, leadership coaches, psychologists, counsellors, deeper healing, all of that kind of stuff. Those who I go to. And then actually, I, I do have a childhood friend who happens to have trained as a counsellor over the years. She wasn't whenever, you know, we were growing up. In fact, she was a corporate accountant for many years. But now she's skilled herself in yeah. a different way. And I've got longevity there. Absolutely. That I can go and say, and I know it's a safe place. And it doesn't take much for that safe place to be completely and utterly eroded. Absolutely. And then it's gone forever. I, I have it. to say it is gone forever. So there are moments where you go, I, I actually going to have to pay for this. Yep. Or there are, are other moments where you say, I'm actually going to have to become this for somebody Absolutely. else. And in it, even when somebody else unburdens to you and you model that back to them of confidentiality, then it does something of wellness for your own heart yeah. that almost by by default or accident or, or the process of, of receiving a confession, there's a collective wellness that comes both to you and to the person who's Absolutely. speaking to you. So I would urge you to become it if you're not it. Yeah, don't wait for someone to come and do it for you. Be the friend to someone else yes. that you want yourself. And I am always scouring the territory yeah. of people who come in and out of my life and in and out. Who, who, who can I yeah. be this with and who can be this for me? Absolutely. It's a very proactive place. It, is, it doesn't just happen overnight. Some, yeah, somebody just doesn't ring you up and say... Unburden your guilt to me. I, yeah. I'm, I'm here for you. Yeah. You know that's not that's not our normal. No, it's not how it goes. Yeah, it's it's, it's really not how, it's really not how it goes. And I think in all of that, when you then look again, the three things that one Timothy five says, um, love which comes from one a pure heart, two a good conscience, and three a sincere faith. If you are since if you have those things of I want to be pure, I'm determined in my uh, unburdening or unloading of my guilt and I'm sincere about my faith. I promise you, my friends, that though you may have your weak days and though you may have your angry and your stumbling days, ultimately you will not enter the cataclysmic sin levels that we, yeah. that we often see happen because this is the word of the Lord and the word of the Lord can be trusted. Absolutely. And that sense then of, um, I, I would want to add to that. Um, know how you get comforted. And I think mm. for men and women, it's very different. Know how you get comforted. So for guys, 
this is a sweeping generalization, give me grace. There's a lot of physical touch involved, physical urgency, physical release. Um, uh, The the escapism into that, it brings a comfort. Some women are are wired like that too. Uh, I think for women, it's it's, um, uh, words of affirmation. I think sometimes it's owning nice things or having nice things Mm. or that sense of... um, blessing yourself with a night, you know, and and so you understand how comfort comes. You must know. Know your comfort. Know your comfort. And I don't just mean that sense of, well, I love a good worship set. If yeah, don't don't super spiritualize it. That might well be true. Or I speak in tongues. You but you've got to know very yeah. how your flesh is comforted. Yeah. That's how your emotions is yeah. how how do you medicate the flesh in the in the best and the worst sense of that? Yeah. Or have a wee treat for myself, you know, or I go out for a nice meal or all those things because you are flesh and you are spirit. So when you know how you're physically wired, where do I, so I would push that to, so if I say to you, know know what comforts you in in a holy good sense, a hug from, Mm -hmm. a touch from, a nice wee shopping trip with your best pal or uh, for me, Jessica and I, my daughter, wouldn't take the boys because the boys are like, Trainer shopping, sneakers. I'm not bothered by that. But Jessica and I have a saunter around yeah. our favourite shop. And actually, we feel comforted. We yeah. feel the relationship is nurturing, comforting, and you buy something that... And that's okay because we're yeah. flesh. Yeah. It's not that your comfort... Hear us here. Yeah. Your comfort is ultimately bad. Do you know? And I think that's the... the you, mm-hmm. you could easily layer that, that you have to deliver yourself of yes. that thing. Yeah, yeah. No, no, it's just the fact there are things that you're comforted by. But yes. actually, when you're under stress and when you're in your weak season, yes. what could it become? That, what that, could that it become? It. And what could it morph into? You know, so the shopping thing, or yes. if that's your thing, could it morph into an extreme accumulation Absolutely. of unnecessary amount Amel of Marcos level of shoes. Yes, yes. there you go. And, mm-hmm. I, you know, so whatever as the hug, you know, I, oh, I, I I get comforted by a hug. By a could touch. That, could yeah. that morph into the pursuit before you realise of of touch from the wrong people yes. outside the marriage covenant in an unhealthy, Absolutely. you know. And Absolutely. so it's, it's not that comfort itself is wrong, but it's recognising the inner humanity. If you don't have these three things uh, ingrained in yeah. your entire system then it could morph into something that could take you out absolutely so not not only do you ask at the entry level well what comforts me that's positive absolutely you then go so in light of that where am i most likely to sin yes and once you know that ahead of time you're in a very empowered position to stop it and then that should form the the conversation points of the pure heart the good conscience and Mm. the sincere face um, and now, it's interesting, verse 6. Some have departed for these. I'm in 1 Timothy 1, I'm verse 6 now. Some have departed from these things. Now, what happens when you depart from unburdening your conscience, pure heart and sincere faith? Some have departed from these things and have turned to meaningless talk. And boy, have we done that. You oh, know, so. gossip, criticism, unhelpful things. Um. They, and then verse 7 says, they want to be teachers of the law, but they do not know what they are talking about or what they so confidently affirm. And so it's quite a damning indictment that Paul is saying to Timothy that actually you become useless. You become one who doesn't know what you're talking about if your inner world yeah. is not medicated like this. Now, I use this scripture with leaders, but I also use this scripture in pre-marriage training. Okay. 
Uh, you do. <laughs> so I'm putting, I'm putting you on the spot, my Sam, because we've talked about it, you know, as as um, with you and Bella and David and I, and I, uh, I'm not going to expose that, but I've used it many, more than on that occasion because it's the seedbed not only of good leadership and good Christian living and securing yourself yeah. from your stumbles and your weak moments, but it's actually how good marriage works. Absolutely. That actually if I want love to grow, we've got to be confessing our sins and communicating to each yeah. other. And the choice of that to go into that gear change yeah. where rather than just the press and the bit, are you cooking dinner, my cooking dinner, who's doing the shopping, yeah. did you pay that the bill? Rotis. You know, the, the stuff of life. I actually was in a conversation with somebody late last night on the phone who was weeping on the phone to me. And I was saying to them um, in the conversation, you have to do the gear change and choose to come back into, I let my guard down and I actually quoted this verse last yeah. night and come into the place where you you share what's in the conscience that needs. And, and that actually, that wasn't necessarily, that, actually that situation was not a situation of sin, but that was a situation of, and going through something painful, you have to gear yeah, change and share it. Otherwise you can't have a pure heart. Mm. And I think as well, look, this is, this, this has to be a habit that applies to everything. And it, it like, I think in the marriage space, uh, pre-marriage, you know, or, or after your your yeah. wedding, it is as much about the, I'm feeling, I, I feel, the honesty of, I feel like I'm not able to be for you in this moment, yeah. what you need, or I'm feeling depleted, yes. or I'm feeling worn out. And it's the honesty of that rather than the keeping it in and bottled yeah. up and keeping stuff in and keeping it bottled up, it, it gets you nowhere good. Yeah. And it's the honest dialogue of, I will let you in at every point to the interior reality of yes. my inner world. Yes. And I will not make, I will make sure that that is not Hidden yes. from you, yeah. and there is a gr there is an empowered space where you have that conversation, and you're unloading your guilt. You're getting your conscience clear. Here's how I'm feeling today. Yeah. Here's what's going on, and this dialogue back and forward that actually is ultimately very empowering. It is very empowering, yes. uh, and uh, especially in a in a marriage relationship. And can I say it is at the beginning awkward, uncomfortable. Yes, but it. Quickly, if you make it a priority, it quickly becomes instinctive and actually something that is deeply valued yeah. by both parties. Yeah. But it, it is awkward in the beginning because for a lot of people, you're not used to that. It, yes, it pushes into Missy Buttons, really, it doesn't does. it? I mean, ultimately, it pushes into Missy Buttons, but it is worth it every, every, every day. day. Yeah. So, well, we bless you. It's probably not what people think is the entry level biblical thought to the growing of wholeness in your life. Yeah. But this unburdening of yourself is and, and the purity of your heart and sincerity of your faith. Mm. So I want to bless you, loyal listeners, mm -hmm. to be able to walk towards this. Yeah. And some of you have been really bitten and hurt by untrustworthiness or your lies have been used as a story that somebody else has wrongly told you've been used as currency. But I bless you to go again and I bless you with the strength right now to become the full embodiment of First Timothy 1 verse 5. And I bless you to lead others into it in the mighty name of Jesus. Well, thank you for joining us for another episode of What the Prophets Say. We will see you next week. Same time, same place. Lots of love from us in Glasgow. Bye. 
Thank you for listening to this episode of What the Prophets Say with me, Emma Stark. If you would like to go deeper with us, you would be very welcome to join our network, the Global Prophetic Alliance. You can find that at propheticscots.com, where we have a comprehensive training program to lead you into deeper realms of the Spirit of God and encounter. If you feel a call and a pull to deliverance ministry, you can download my latest e-course, which is a comprehensive overview of getting people free from demonic oppression, you'll find that at demonbusting.com. Join us on these different platforms for more interaction with Emma Stark, Sam Robertson and the GPA team.